Matthew 2, verse 13. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night, and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted, because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Do any of you feel like your work is beyond your ability at times? Sometimes in my life I've had an easy job. Show up, clean up the sawdust and sweep out the pieces of two-by-four in the freshly framed houses. Even as a freshman in high school, that was an easy job. But you know what? I managed to mess it up. The same job was also uh, required me to water the grass. And I used, a, uh, I used a fire hydrant with an adapter down to normal hose size. I could run miles of hose. And I did. I would water this entire neighborhood where they had sprayed uh, grass seed and, and straw and everything. And sometimes they had laid down sod, if, I guess, if the, I don't know if it was ordered by the new homeowner or if it was just places they thought it was important to look good already. One time I left the water on when I uh, was done with my job instead of turning it off. And so over the weekend, it watered and watered and watered and watered out of this uh, fire hose. No, no, no loss of pressure, no shortage of water. And I mean, I'm, I flooded that neighborhood. You couldn't walk in any of the backyards. They were just a soupy, complete mess. Other times in my life, I've had jobs that were hard. And I remember being in college and calling my dad and saying it was hard. Too hard. 
too hard for me. I was taking Greek at that point, and uh, it was definitely too hard for me. Partly that was because I hadn't done my work earlier in the semester. Partly it was because Greek was hard. But when I said that it was hard, you know what? I wasn't actually talking about Greek, really. I was talking about how hard it was to be disciplined to do the work that I needed to do. You know what I'm saying, right? Greek was hard, but the, but the real problem was it was hard for me to do what I knew needed to be done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right now, it's hard for me to talk. Well, that was college. That's, 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 I look back now, I'm like, man, that was easy. You know what's harder than a hard college? A good marriage is harder than a hard college. Never mind a bad marriage. And you know what's harder than marriage? Children. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably at children that I realized that my job was impossible. I'm not really joking when I say that it's a miracle that our children are all alive. And that's just the absolute bare minimum of, of being a mother or a father, right? Keeping the children alive. And the number of times that my children could have died while I was there or not there, both, God has been very gracious in protecting our children. Why do I bring up their, their basic safety? Because that is actually impossible for me to guarantee, isn't it? I can't guarantee that they're going to live. They could get sick. They could die in an accident that I have no control over. And every year... People say goodbye to loved ones that they had no control over when they would say goodbye because God is the one who has numbered our days. So keeping them alive. It's impossible, isn't it? Nevertheless, here we all are. We're all alive right now in this room. There's a lot of kids, some of us are older kids, I still count myself as a kid, how about that? Some of us are younger kids. But what do we have to do besides keep children alive? We have to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. to teach them to love God 
is hard work, isn't it? Is there any way to guarantee that they will grow to love their Heavenly Father? No, we have to trust God, don't we? Well, as I spend time studying and reading and thinking about the Christmas story, I imagine Mary trying to figure out how she's going to raise the Son of God. And I think, you know what? That seems like an impossible task, doesn't it? I'm going to raise this child and keep it alive and teach it, but... I don't know what that's going to look like. We don't, we don't know what that looked like, do we? Every time I try to think about it, I just, my, my brain kind of goes. Can you imagine having a, a child that was born before you were married to start with, before you'd been with anybody? Can you imagine having a child that never sins? I think that that would be rather irritating. <laughs> I think it would get old. I mean, it'd be nice, but I think it would also, you know. Or just think about Mary and her job. She is to demonstrate modesty and virtue. She's pregnant out of wedlock, but not from sin. But she's supposed to demonstrate purity and modesty and virtue to the watching world. That's impossible. Nobody's going to believe her if she says, no, no, we, no, no, I, we didn't do anything. I didn't do anything wrong, right? Even Joseph needed a dream from God before he believed it. I think it's easy for us to think our work is hard, but not not think about the work other people have been given. I imagine Joseph trying to figure out how he's supposed to relate to Mary, who he's engaged to and is pregnant, but they've never been together. And he knows, okay, this is from the Holy Spirit, because God told him in a dream. But what is this baby to me? Right? the work of Joseph. He's been given the work of being a father to this child. Hard work. His plan for the start of their marriage was very different, I'm sure. Right? But now he's supposed to provide and protect 
And how does it start? He can't even get them a room. She's pregnant, far along, can't even get them a room. And so she delivers and has to put the baby in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. How does that make you feel if you're Joseph? Pretty worthless? I know I wouldn't want that to be the situation for my new family, right? I think I would feel pretty incompetent. Now, there's two ways that you can respond to this kind of thing. You can despair. How am I supposed to how am I supposed to do anything? It's too hard. It's beyond me. I've already failed more than 99% of men in history. They at least provide a, a room for their wife to give birth in. Right? I guess I'm just useless. I don't know why I'm here anyway. Worthless me. What's the point? That's one way of responding. Another way of responding, though, is to get angry. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands which side you fall on. You know, you, are you the despairing kind or are you the angry kind? Uh, we, we'll talk about this in, uh, in drink, right? Angry drunk or a sad drunk. Well, I think that when, when we talk that way, what we're talking about is uh, when the walls come down, what comes out? But when you, when you begin to realize that the work that God has called you to is actually impossible, how do you respond? You know what it would look like to get angry, right? Why would, why would you be angry? You'd be angry at the unfairness of it all, right? How can God expect me to do my work when it's beyond me? Why does God give me work that's too hard for me? How come God gives me so much work? There's only so many hours in the day and... The work adds up to more. Now here's, here's the thing. There's more than just two ways to respond. There's more than just two ways to respond. I want you to realize, having listened to what we read from Scripture, that what we see is that God was fulfilling his plan as Joseph was facing the impossibility of his work. As Mary was facing the impossibility of the tasks before her, God was fulfilling his perfect plan. He was making his prophecies come true.
This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now, there's something beautiful in this. And that is that God is fulfilling his plan. And he's using Joseph, isn't he? He tells Joseph, get up and go. Because Herod is going to kill the baby if you stay here. And so Joseph, he does it. He obeys. And God uses that simple act of obedience in the midst of the impossibility of Joseph's work to fulfill God's perfect plan to keep Jesus Christ alive. So here's what I want you to think about this Christmas as you go. How do you respond to hard work? How do you respond to impossible work? To work that is too great for you? Simple obedience, God uses. Even when it is in the midst of something that we know is far beyond our ability to accomplish. He uses it to fulfill his plan. God used Joseph's simple obedience. Joseph, who couldn't even provide a bedroom for his wife, saved him from Herod, the king, and all his soldiers. Is that because Joseph was so great? No, it's because God used his simple obedience. I'm going to read one more passage and we'll see how Mary was also in the exact same situation, facing the impossibility of her task. Look at how she responds. Luke 1, 34 through 38. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The angel gave her the truth, the message that nothing is impossible with God. So now let me ask you again, have you ever had work that was impossible for you? Everybody raise your hand. 
Have you ever had work that it was impossible for God to accomplish? No. Nothing is impossible with God. Joseph and Mary both responded humbly to the impossibility of their work with simple obedience and faith. Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. What is a bond slave? Do any of you kids know? Just shorten it and get the definition. Slave. Behold, the slave of the Lord. What's she saying? Behold means what? Look. So she says, Look. I'm God's slave. Look, I'm God's slave. May it be done to me according to your word. The message of God came through the angel, and she said, God's in control of my life, whatever he says. Don't respond with despair to work that is too hard for you. Don't respond by getting angry. I know there's other ways you could respond too. Respond with the simple faith that we see in Joseph and Mary, in their obedience and their acceptance. This is the work. May it be to me as God has said. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a gift you have given us in Jesus Christ. Father, we praise you that you have not left us alone with the work of perfectly obeying you. But you have given us your son and offered that we can receive his perfect obedience as our own. Father, that sounds impossible. And it sounds even more impossible that he would take our sinfulness on himself and pay the penalty that our sins deserve. But nothing is impossible with God. And so here we are, Father. We are your servants. Use us as you see fit and help us not to grow angry or bitter or depressed or despairing when we see the work before us. But help us instead, Father, to rejoice and trust you and walk in obedient faith as Mary and Joseph did. We pray these things. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen.